Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. We are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find everything we do at baldmove.com. We're going to cover a couple of shows tonight. Girls, Justified. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, talk about, uh, I think we're going to talk some Oz talk. Oh, yeah, so yeah. We have some a lot feedback of, uh, on the Walking Dead cast. I meant to talk about that on the fucking Walking Dead cast. Yeah. I forgot. Oh. And House of Cards. Got a House of Cards update. Yeah, yeah. I saw a couple episodes of that, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, okay, what do you want to start with? Uh, first, some news up front. We're having a contest on baldmove.com mm-hmm. uh, slash contest. The whole idea is to get you to promote our podcast, and you can do that by posting a link to baldmove.com on your Facebook page, on your Twitter, uh, on your favorite forum site. Um, mm-hmm. The key thing is uh, we'll need your email address so we can tell you if you've won or not. We're not going to do anything else with it. And you need to paste your URL into that contest form. You can read all the other re- rules uh, on the site. Um, and that's about it. You can enter as many times as you want as long as the URLs are unique. And make sure that if you pu- pu- publish it on a social media site that it's a public link or else yeah. we won't be able to verify its existence. We need to do the, that to ship you billions of dollars worth of material. The prize is a Kindle Fire yeah. that Gerilyn uh, from the Because Show has graciously donated for this purpose. Yeah, so incredible. we're kind of like do some experiment with some guerrilla marketing here. We want to see what kind of response we get. You know, it's a pretty nice prize. I would like to have a Kindle Fire. Yeah, me too. I could totally rig this to where we got the Kindle Fire. Hey, let's do that. No, nah, I think we'd have to announce <laughs> a winner, and they'd have to be a real person. Uh, we can make them up. No one. But you know. got about you got about four weeks from now <laughs> to get your contest in there and get that submitted. Um, and uh, we hope a lot of you guys take advantage of that. Yeah, and that's all. Josiah Cairn is the winner of this week's uh, Kindle Fire. <laughs> Josiah Cairn oh, is a justified okay, reference. Gotcha. Come on. Uh, all right. So let's get into – let's save justified for later. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about House of Cards. All right. Since I have only seen a couple of episodes. I forced you at gunpoint to watch the first two episodes. You and did, you and I'm hooked. glad. Yeah, because it's good stuff, and I'm going to have to watch the rest of the series. So you, haven't, you haven't fallen off the quality cliff yet. I know. You said that right about five – so yeah. Where it hits the wall. Right around season or episode five, it goes into a serious about four episode lull. At one point, I'd almost call it a tailspin, uh, but okay. then they recover. And I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what you think of the recovery. You know, like nine through thirteen. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. I thought thirteen, the last, the final episode, ended on kind of a, a blah note. Um, but tell okay. me, so I, everyone's heard my thoughts on it. What did you think? Um. Kevin Spacey. So Ke- Kevin Spacey is a phenomenal actor. Uh, the guy can act uh, act his way out of a paper bag for sure. He's uh, immensely charming. He is, yes. Um, but also f- scary. It, yes, he is uh, menacing and charming at the same time. I love, I think he is the perfect guy to play this character. Sure. Because that is kind of what we envision behind-the-scenes politics to be mm-hmm. a mixture of charisma and charm and this kind of darker undertone to it where you're scheming and plotting to take people down. Yeah. He does it perfectly. Um, I absolutely love the way that the media is entangled with the politics here uh-huh. because Kevin Spacey is the puppeteer pulling the strings on both sides – that there was one scene that really struck me where he was talking to um, the girl, and I'm not going to get Zoe, too I spoilery. Yeah, Zoe. Uh, he's talking to her, and he's telling her who the next 
uh, whatever position it is. I don't know the the name of the political position. Right. That she I was think running Secretary for Secretary of State. Okay, who the next Secretary of State was going to be, and that she should write an article about this person and mention that name because she's she's going to be. Like this is he was telling her that it's going to be a sure thing. Yeah, say so like say her name and watch it come out of the president's mouth in like a week's time. Yeah, he's he's basically saying to her, "I'm giving you this huge scoop," but at the same time, she doesn't know he's making this true by using her to get it into the press uh-huh. and getting everyone to talk about that it's name. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. It's fantastic, and that one scene to me just really drove home the the twists and turns and manipulation in this show and that's the part i really like about it um i will say that one of the criticisms i have after watching the show is when his plans work Mm -hmm. they tend to work too well what do you mean like um you know there's a plot where he like anytime he tries to take down someone Mm -hmm. by manipulating the press it's like the person always takes the bait and does it at the (laughs) least flat it's like i feel like there's Uh there's only one character in the whole show that he respects which is the president's chief of staff. Um, oh. Everybody else is kind of like a moron that he plays. And in the lowest part of the season, around around five or six, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, Frank uh, Underwood, he falls victim. And he, la- he he gaffs like a landed fish on TV and doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck to do. And it just feels fake. I feel like anyone that rises to this level of power is going to be a little bit smarter than that. It's really? fine. It's fine if one but or two. But did you like the turnabout on him? Did you like? No, the... I thought it felt very fa- f- false and fake. Like there's no way he really? would have lost his composure that badly. Hmm. Okay. For example, in the first episode, where I don't know if I want to talk too spoilers. Oh, it it's happens in the first or second episode. He he finds yeah. this information about a guy's past, which is very misleading. Yeah, yeah. And it comes out on this interview, and the guy's unprepared, and he just like you know. Uh, who said I said something about killing the Jews? You know, yeah, he, I mean, does, he reacts in the worst way possible. Yeah, and it's like he, uh, Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey's character, has this elegant three-part step to take him down, and I figure I felt like step one destroyed him. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's like that. You, you proton torpedo hit the exhaust port. Done. <laughs> and then they continued to. Fall, so it's like I felt like if, if he had handled the first one better, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I just feel like that's the. When when the plots work on the show, they they feel a little too plot. There's no gotcha. very little like Breaking Bad where Walter comes with these brilliant plans, and some of them go off without a hitch, but some of them have complications. He has to think his way out of. Yeah, they blow up and backfire on him. So yeah, I I thought that's the, my biggest criticism of the show, and when it goes down the darkest yeah. paths, it's that's where they're kind of indulging in that little bit too you know deus ex machina almost well, i feel like there isn't uh, man well zoe's probably the best character in the show mm-hmm. as far as like being the nicest person in general <laughs> you think yeah. so yeah yeah oh, she's gotta be i mean kevin spacey is not a nice guy uh none of the people she works with are nice I mean, her boss wouldn't Claire's, let her do anything. I think Claire's office manager is the nicest person on the oh, show. God, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's a horrible bitch. What are you talking about? Claire Underwood's office manager? I don't know who Claire Underwood is. That's Frank's wife, Robin <laughs> Robin Wright. Oh, the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying okay. real hard is, not to spoil it. She is anything. very nice, yes, and I don't want to spoil it either. You are correct. She is the nicest person on the show. But Zoe, come on. Zoe's not doing anything horrible. She just wants to make it. Yeah. Also, um, 
uh, Russo, I think is his name. The Senate, the uh, Ed Congress. Harris lookalike. Yeah, the, the young Ed <laughs> Harris from uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, his, he's got Ed uh, Harris head going on. His campaign manager or chief of staff or whatever, she's also very nice too. Yeah. Everybody else, yeah. I mean, well, let's talk about his wife. People. Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Her Carrie character. Underwood? Yeah, Carrie. Uh, she, yeah, so there are some things that I like about her and some things that I don't like about her. All right. Um, and it's kind of the same with Kevin Spacey. I like Kevin Spacey's ambition in the show. I don't like the heights to which he takes it. Um, I think being goaded on by his wife helps him in a way, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps him on track and focused, but it also uh, makes him a worse person. It uh... makes him trample people who he wouldn't necessarily have the balls to trample uh, in, in another situation. I'm curious at this point in the season, what do you think about her own sense of formidableness? Do you think oh, I think she's very formidable. Do you think he'll cross? Do you think he'll cross her? Uh, from from what I got in their relationship in the first two episodes, no. Okay, I think it's a mutually beneficial thing. All right, I'm just kind of curious to see. Um, you know, I got my own ideas about that, and I kind of, you know, it's interesting. I imagine you'll probably finish it if or have a good chunk of it done by the next week's podcast. I hope so. Maybe yeah. we need a spoiler section for this podcast where we can talk about shit like this. <laughs> this Netflix yeah. thing is hard because, like, some people have seen it all, some people haven't seen anything. Yeah, it yeah. hasn't really aired, but it has. I know it's weird. Yeah, I can see why the professional people are kind of like, I don't know how to cover this. Eh, they just need to cover it unprofessionally. Yeah. <laughs> like we do. Exactly. All uh, right. But so, yeah, I think it's definitely, if you got Netflix yeah. and you like good TV and you're listening to this podcast, you're a fool if you don't watch it. Yeah. If you don't, I, I mean, I can see it where a person wouldn't like it. Um, it's funny. I actually watched the '90s version because uh-huh. um, we had a couple of listeners favorably compare it to the new one. Is that- I couldn't get over the '90s styles and the British. I mean, oh, it's British. It's yes, it's a British set in the par- parliament. Oh, man, that has got to be drastically different. Um, it's actually very similar. I mean, they have the same um, deal where the guy talks to the camera, and a lot of the huh. stuff is exactly like a scene-to-scene translation from. Um, you know, American, you know, British to American, like the very mm-hmm. first scene where he's walking through the party and he's saying, here's this guy, but he's, he's not going to, you know, and he's like giving all this commentary. Yeah. But I just can't get over the fact it was made in 1990 and it looks, <laughs> smells, sounds, Does it look tastes. like the X-Files? Is that what it looks like? I think it looks worse than X-Files. Because the X-Files looks 90s. X-Files is not nearly. So, so take that and make it a little bit more dated Friends. and make it English. Yeah, Friends is pretty dated. Cheers. <laughs> that's not nice. No, that's it? no. It's actually a little bit earlier. Um, okay. I actually think that's a good. Com- that's what it feels like watching. Gotcha. It's a very cheersy. All right. Uh, no Rhea Perlman, right? No, she's not. In. <laughs> Nowhere okay. to be seen. Thank God. Uh, okay, that's about it for House of Cards. What else do you want to talk about? Um, well, what else do we got? We girls? Uh, oh, we got... Oz. You got some... Uh... Yeah, so I have so some I, feedback. I asked, I said, because I said, here's my problem with Oz. Uh, the first 20 minutes, I'm always bored and kind of like trying to, wanting to like surf my phone. Mm-hmm. It feels a little dated. The sets are kind of crappy. Um, and I'm like, God, I don't know if I should keep watching this. But then by the end of every episode, I'm totally absorbed and kind of shocked that it's over and wanting to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if I wouldn't be better served to go on and 
you know see something with a little bit more production like Deadwood. Yeah, you I've specifically heard. asked about Deadwood. Yeah, and and I got some feedback. What did you collect any of that? What was the yeah. consensus? I've got about four emails here. Okay, uh, there was no consensus. It yeah, was it like, like almost split, split down the middle. Right. Uh, Domingo from Jersey says you should definitely put Oz to the side and start watching Deadwood for the following reasons. One, the dialogue on Deadwood is phenomenal. Characters speak in a lyrical, satisfyingly roundabout way. Two, Ian McShane's performance as a A one Swearingen. Yeah, Al Swear. No, Al. Al Swearingen. <laughs> okay. Crazy names. Well, yeah, uh, has to be has to be seen to believed. Um, number three, Deadwood is only three seasons, while Oz is six, so you can plow through it faster. Uh, number four, each season of Deadwood gets progressively better. Until it's canceled right in the middle of its story. Well, I've heard two things. Like, Stephen Walsh basically says, yes, but it was a very, kind of like in season four of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. You know, a a major arc. And it kind of thematically, it suits the show, too. But, you know, I've heard some people, like my friend Daniel, was all up in arms about it. Hmm. Uh, And finally, Oz has its moments, but for the most part, it can't decide whether it wants to depict gritty realism or escapist sadism it's oppressively brutal there are scenes from oz that i'd like to erase from my mind that's the other thing is like people that draws say that to it, doesn't it no people say that but i don't i've yet i'm a, i've almost finished season one mm-hmm. and i haven't seen anything that really shakes me to my core hmm. and i don't know like i mean nothing on the on the uh order of the opening of season of, of the breaking bad episode after they killed that kid yeah. I mean, that nothing that, like, really disturbed me like that. I mean, you yeah, seeing some huh. guy getting a swastika branded on his ass, you know, it almost was funny. I don't – maybe <laughs> just I'm like just – like, sucks to be him. Maybe I'm just a, a sick, twisted guy. And then I thought since they were going to burn someone to death, but the way they shot it was very – not nearly as br- – that, that one scene in, in uh, season five of Breaking Bad about, you know, where the epic – you know, the, the prison revenge stuff – Mm-hmm. Far and away, way worse than anything I've seen in Oz so far. Huh. Wow. That's on network tele or cable, basic hel- cable television. Yeah. Uh, so we have an opposing opinion here from Silvio. He says, uh, don't give up on Oz. You turned me out on the wire and it's great. Thanks. I can't believe I missed out on the show when it came out. Uh, by the same token, you missed out on Oz, but I didn't. I can tell <laughs> you that you are right about its slow pace, but just like the wire, it makes the show so good. In... The Wire, I enjoy the slow pace because it lets me better share the characters' day-to-day or even minute-to-minute experiences, and it is so important to the development of the story to reveal it slowly. In the second season of The Wire, they don't even start to set up The Wire on the new case until episode four. Uh, with the same Oz, or same with Oz as I remember it, things develop slowly just like the prison time is slow time. Uh, Oz's story development is slow. <laughs> At the time, Oz blazed a trail for gritty storytelling. They showed things I had never seen before. A big difference in what the inside of a prison looked like from Shawshank Redemption, which had come out only a few years prior to Oz's debut. But I'm afraid that at at one point, you, as I did, will hate a portion of the show in a late season for a switch to a more rushed storyline, wrapping up loose ends too quickly. But overall, it is still a worthwhile show. Yeah, that's another problem I have is that I feel like in The Wire, yes, it took a while, but by the fourth episode... You knew what the hell was going on and what the theme of the season is. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's like every episode is its own little mini theme. Mm-hmm. And they had this cool device where they have, uh, I think his name was Link from The Matrix. 
They got it took over from uh, Tang. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You know the long. You know the 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 black dude with the long hair. Yeah. He's in a wheelchair and he does these little like he looks right at the camera and tells you something about prison life and he introduces the prisoners and like their backstory and they have these awesome visually cool things where he'll be like rotating. Well, they built a massive frame, and he rotates in a clear plexiglass box. So it looks like he's floating in the middle of air, just kind of rotating as he's talking. Weird. And they do weird things with his wheels, and it's, like, very avant-garde. But... Was that the same guy who was in Lost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he was Walt's Michael. Dad. Yeah. Um, so, and that's great, but, like, again, I can... There's a couple of main characters who are building towards something, but... I'm not – I don't care. I can't tell you what it is. I'm like 10 <laughs> episodes in and I don't know. There's this skinny huh. little white dude that's sucking up to all the guys and fucking over all the guys. But I don't mm. care because I don't think he's likable. Skinny white dude sucking and fucking in prison. <laughs> that's uh, exactly what I expected from all Yeah, there's the, you know, uh, neo-Nazis sex slave and I don't care yep. about him. Mm. And I just – I'm finding it very hard to connect to any of the characters. And the ones that I do connect with, they seem to kill off. So, anyway. Okay. Sounds like I might be switching to Deadwood. We Maybe, but don't give up yet. We have a couple more. Uh, Josh writes in, as far as quality goes, I would rank them. Oh, Oz, Deadwood, and Sopranos is the title of the email. Hmm. Uh, as far as quality goes, I would rank them Deadwood, Sopranos, and then Oz. Hmm. Uh, Oz gets progressively less intense after a couple of seasons, culminating in an appearance by Luke Perry as oh a preacher turned inmate. If you are a serial drama historian, it's worth watching at some point, but I'd prioritize it low on the list. Wow. Seems like half the cast of Dexter was in that show. A couple people from Lost 2, if I remember. Yep. Yeah, there is a, like, it's a who's who of the television. Uh, then he gives you the skinny on Deadwood. It says, Deadwood is such a fun show to watch. There's so many great actors slash characters on that show, and the dialogue, especially with Ian McShane, is fucking epic. You'll see quite a few actors from Justified, including Raylan, Sheriff Shelby, the dude that was wearing that ankle bracelet two weeks ago. I think that's Josiah. Uh, and a few others I'm forgetting. The only thing that sucked about that show was that it got canceled after three seasons. So another ring endorsement of Deadwood. And the last email I have is from Alex. He says, this isn't specific to Walking Dead. Of course not. Uh, but I listened to the podcast yesterday and figured I'd weigh in on your question about Oz. My, rec- <laughs> my recommendation is to just go ahead and watch Deadwood. It's definitely all-time great TV, and the dialogue is like nothing else. As far as the non-ending, just imagine if The Wire had ended after season three. Mm, I don't remember what happened at the end of season three. I think it would have been... That's what I'm saying. That seems like a very satisfying end of the series. Okay. I'm not going to risk spoiling The Wire for people. All right. So. It says, Deadwood's like that in that it resolves a lot of major threads, and it's satisfying enough... Yes. That you won't feel like you wasted your time getting there you invested go. in it. That's exactly what I want to hear. As for Oz, I find it's best enjoyed an episode at a time, once every couple weeks or so. It's good, but it's not going to change how you look at TV as a medium or anything. Yeah. Because you've already seen what came after. For Deadwood, you may want to set aside a weekend for marathon watching. And the and, and the, the, the kind of clue people into what I'm trying to do is this is a result of reading Alan Sepinwall's book, The, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Revolution Was Televised. And he goes over 12 of the like defining you know, golden age television shows. And Oz was, in his mind, the, the very first one. So I was like, well, I'm going to start in the beginning huh. and work my way up. So, um, And I'm just kind of struggling with, with some of the problems we've already talked about. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have on emails for Oz. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about now? Well, we um, 
just I want to know. Okay, you so tell me what show you want to talk about. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to actually ask and solicit another reader, uh, you know, response. What do you guys think about the Americans? Yeah. Because we're three episodes in. I've got them all recorded. I have not started watching. And a guy came in to work today who's a kind of a TV fan that I talk with a lot raving about it. Okay. Saying that it's currently his, his favorite thing that's that's currently airing right now. And he's a Justified fan, um, likes a lot of the stuff. We got a couple emails about it, too, saying that it was really good. Oh, and, okay. and getting better, too. So I just kind of like if people like us to talk about that on this show, we can probably catch up and, and bang that stuff out. It hap- It comes on right after Justified, so it would be easy for me mm. to get, take in. Yeah. Um, finally, also, if you're looking for Downton Abbey coverage and you missed last week's episode – we actually um, brought in Kelly and Tom from the Up Yours Downstairs podcast to join our network, and they have done that. They do a fantastic job of covering Downton Abbey. If you like Downton Abbey, I can't imagine you will not like their podcast. Um, we love it. They're now part of the Bald Move Network. Go to baldmove.com and download their podcast. Okay. So, there I'm you headed go. there right now. <laughs> uh, next, uh, we've only got two shows left, Girls and Justified. Yep. Which one do you want to talk about first? Girls. Save the main event for last. Okay. What did you think of this episode? I didn't like it. Why did you not like it? Because it just it didn't do anything. It pissed around with Adam and Ray for like the entire episode. So it was called Boys. Yeah. Which should have clued you in right away that it was you were gonna going be about to get a heavy sure. dose of boys. No problem. But it didn't what did it accomplish? I don't know. Did I don't know. Do you not like Ray and because I'm a huge fan. I don't care. I think Adam, Adam is bananas. I think he's lost he his is. freaking mind. Uh, and Ray is not a likable person at this point. No. In fact, this is the episode that I've kind of turned on him. I kind oh, of this I'm, one. I thought it was the one before where he was being an asshole to the guy at the coffee shop. Well, that was the precursor, but now, yeah, yeah. like, because I think. Now, I think Ray's the type of guy that tells a girl he loves her just to... Um, Have a place to sleep? <laughs> well, no, just to delay the inevitable breakup. Uh, I don't think he feels that way. I think that Ad- what Adam said about, like, he's just... A, you're, you know, you're secure with her because she's a little girl, and she's insecure, and, you know, hmm. you're... you're you, you don't have to worry about impressing her. She doesn't know what a big loser you are. I feel like that's, like, right on the mark. Yeah, and this guy... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I, I get it. I mean, Shoshana is young. She doesn't know what a bullshit thing going to, like, a Donald Trump seminar is. Uh-huh. But his response to that did not impress me. No, no, no. Like, he's not he he's not a loser because life has conspired against him. He's a loser because he has no idea what the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, you said he actively works against success. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't, like, things, like, like, what's wrong with owning your own goddamn coffee shop? Absolutely nothing. You're managing one? What the hell? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're not really pursuing your art, and I, I, I don't know. I just... Says well, the thirty-six-year-old podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, you have a day job, right? That's true. That's true. A, a career, by. even that yeah. you've been doing for years. Yeah. Uh, so it all, to me, comes down to him being just totally lost. Like we saw him in the subway, and he basically said as much uh, two episodes ago. I feel like that's the guy he is, and but he's not—he's not. Just, he's not he's long, he doesn't want it. to be found. That's my problem with it. Man, I have a hard time condemning somebody who is in Ray's situation for being in that situation because how do you get out of that situation? 
I mean, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating thing, isn't it? Well, like, I don't know what I, I want to do, so I'm not going to try towards anything, which means I'm not going to end up anywhere. Honestly, a guy like Ray needs fucking therapy. Probably so, yeah. But he's too pig-headed and pseudo-intellectual to get it. Mm, fair enough. And that's where I yeah, have zero patience for people when they... Like, you know, it's I, I get that well, Shoshana, like, yo, you're not going to go to Donald Trump seminar. <laughs> but he was just cruel to her, the way yeah. he shot it down. And then, like, you know, you're just trying to convince her, I guess. But the thing is, is, like, he can always fall back is why I told you I was a loser. Mm-hmm. You know? I Although I do have to say that... Even though I think Adam is batshit insane at many times, I like how his anger never seems to be misdirected. When Ray comes up to get that book, yes, he's angry, and he answers the door in a very angry way. But when he finds out – Exactly. He's justified in that. And when he finds out that he's not there because Hannah sent him or because of some other reason, he's fine with the guy. Like he doesn't have a problem with him. He's like, yeah, go go in my bathroom and look for it, you know? No, and it's – it's interesting because I felt about Adam the way I felt about Ray now in the very early goings of the season. Ah, like they switched that me. around. And then I actually feel like Adam's a solid guy. Yes, he is intense and passionate and whatnot, but yeah. he's not just a complete irredeemable asshole the yeah. way this Ray guy is. And I just feel like Ray is <laughs> he's just going to fuck Shoshana up. I like yeah, Shoshana. I don't want to see that happening. I don't like Shoshana, but I still don't want to see that happen. I, okay. I don't think she deserves it, certainly. Right. Uh, but that's that's a shame. Uh, so you didn't like that. Well, what about Marnie and Booth? Um, <laughs> when Booth asked her to be the hostess for his party, what uh, the fuck was she thinking? I know, Could you? Right? Would anyone ever think that he was asking her, would you be the host as my girlfriend? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. The guy, he's a lunatic, too. I mean, he certainly has no shame. I mean, he's just sprawled out there, nude on the bed. What's his face comes in? Uh, who comes in? That was the name of like Suki, or it was his former. Yeah, yeah. Assistant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he had been banging her too, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but <laughs> then, just then, he, the way he operates is so foreign to me. And then at the end, well, his reaction to finding out that he's hurt her feelings. At first, he was just very cavalier about it, and then it's like he turned yeah. into pity. Pity party about himself. Yeah, that kind of disgusts me. And I'm me. like, you know what? You have to care about people before they're going to care about you. You've got a bunch yes. of shallow, fake, pretentious friends because you are a shallow, fake, pretentious person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and you drive the other people away. Now, do you think – I thought it was interesting because Marnie thought she wanted this. Mm-hmm. And now I think she sees kind of like the, the, the brutal side of this. Kind of in a way that Hannah thought she wanted to be this bohemian, you know – a journalist and her experience with Joshua last week mm-hmm. kind of shook her from that. Do you think that Marnie, this was Marnie's kind of wake up? Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Because she mean, honestly is kind of the call that she a, makes to Hannah at the end says as much. Well, and right? that's funny because, you know, she's kind of shallow and artificial herself. And I also think it's interesting. This is a very, I've talked to some girls about this. This seems like a female thing where. You have these very close, intimate relations with your friends, but there's times where you just go through and lie to each other. Yeah, and and it's so simple to resolve this, right? I mean, if they both had just said... We're miserable. ...what they're feeling... I'm scared. ...it would be fixed. But they both think the other one is having this fantasy life... I know. ...because of the shit that they're feeding each other. they're lying. It's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. But, but it does ring true in a lot of relationships. Yeah. For sure. 
Uh, I don't know what else to say about this episode. There wasn't a um, lot. There wasn't a lot to it. It wasn't near. I that's, mean, that's why it wasn't like anything it. like last week's for sure. No, like, last week no. made me feel a lot of things. This week I felt more like an observer. And I think the show goes yeah. to is like there's like a, sometimes I enjoy it because I like to nitpick their decisions and make myself feel superior because I'm an older mm-hmm. older person and I've been through all this and I'm like oh well you kids. Uh, sometimes yeah. they make me feel genuine things. This one was kind of more of the former. Yeah. Uh, how about Staten Island? What do you think about Staten Island? You want to go there? Uh, it seems like girl, a charming place. Yeah, that girl was lovely. She was just what Ray needed, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, true. I love, and true. that's funny because my experience, like, of in Jersey, uh, was like um, I went out to go visit a friend, and I rode him on by motorcycle, hmm. and the thing was, you know, like because I was uh, a much younger man, didn't have a lot of money at the time. The thing was loaded down like Jed Clampett's truck. They had like you know. <laughs> Bedrolls and saddlebags yeah. and shit bungee corded to the back. <laughs> and I look like I've drawn, you know, gone through 1,100 miles of bad road. You know, I got bugs all over me. I pull up to a stoplight like a couple of blocks from my house. I catch, you know, I'm just looking around. I catch a guy, uh, a, a, the guy a guy's eye standing on the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I kind of, I, I start to like, you know, normal person, like nod at the guy. Mm-hmm. He immediately flips me off. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, like puffs his chest out like what? And I'm like, whoa, it's Jersey. I that, well, how do you deal with? I mean, that's just like a level of hostility towards life that I'm. I just yeah. can't process. No, that's Jersey for. And you. I just love her. Like she just went from. I mean, she was annoyed and pissy from the jump. Yeah, and she just went after this guy. But you've seen the fighter, right? Like he thought he thought he's a professional asshole. Uh-huh. He just got blown his doors off. You've seen the fighter, haven't you? Uh, yes. Mark Wahlberg and Christian oh, Bale. Oh God, his yeah. awful family. Ugh, they drive me nuts. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's it for girls. Why don't we move on to Justified? Let's do it. Uh, I really like the show. <laughs> that's where I'm going to start. I do too. Uh, I'm sucked into this goddamn Drew Thompson mystery. The Drew Thompson mystery. Yeah. So they progress that quite a bit. Well. Not really, because the whole episode is chasing down – well, it's called Foot Chase, which is funny to begin with. Right. Because <laughs> they're chasing the guy with the missing exactly. foot, Josiah, who apparently uh, – I don't know who kidnapped him. Who was it that kidnapped him? Uh, it was two dudes, but I don't know who they were working for. Yeah. That's... Were they working for Boyd? Because the lawyer comes back with – comes back to the room at the end – and it's helping them blow towards yeah, the I think foot. Th- I think they were working with or for the lawyer. Uh, is I think lawyer, I get yes, they're working for the lawyer. I think, but is the lawyer working for Boyd or the Arlo? Lloyd's working for Boyd, but she's using the information she gleaned about Arlo. Does that okay, make sense? So Boyd has kidnapped Josiah. In effect, uh, no. I, I think it's fair to say that the lawyer has kidnapped it because she wants the reward for it. So she's gone uh, outside of Boyd's. I think, wishes. I think, but I don't know. Okay, I, we're certainly going to find out next week. And I didn't even week. know that that was a, a thing that I didn't know until you asked me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it does make sense, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I totally forget where I was going with that. But basically okay. this was a chase for Josiah, who they thought was Drew Thompson. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I believe that he's not. I, a guy who's got his foot chopped off with a blowtorch held to it, it's probably not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Although the alternative was to tell them the truth and be handed over to whoever wanted him. 
Yeah. And the stuff that Drew Thompson has done, uh, we know that he took What's-His-Face's eye uh, and that he wants him dead. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I don't know. There's I, minor detail. I do not know yet if this guy's lying. About yeah, I don't. Being Drew Thompson. And it's way too early in the season for the mystery to be resolved. So For sure. Um, the other thing that really struck me in this episode, Boyd's kind of out of touch, isn't he? How so? His crew is falling apart underneath him. Uh, I mean, look at Colton. Colton oh, is yes, is snorting heroin left and right, uh, yeah. smoking heroin left and right. Yeah, he's a li- uh, He's very much a liability. Johnny is not on his side and is working actively against him, most likely. <laughs> yeah, because the other thing is, like, did he warn Boyd about? Uh, I, I would try to kill you with that line. This, yeah, or how do you know that Duffy's not just going to kill you as soon as they hand over Drew Thompson? Yeah, like. Who's I still don't know one hundred percent who he's his side he's on. I think th- this shoe has to drop. We've we've been speculating about Johnny for seasons now, right? Mm-hmm. So the shoe has to drop. I think he's actively working against Boyd uh, and does want to kill him and take mm-hmm. him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Boyd is not seeing any of this. Boyd right. last season would have seen this immediately and put a plan into motion to stop it. Well, he's lying on muscle. He is light on muscle. That's been his problem um, for two seasons now. I'm just this is not the same boy that we saw before. I don't is he getting soft? Like I mean Well, I think that's what the end of the episode is to imply that his that's eye, what I'm wondering. His eye on the prize is not building this huge empire. I think he wants, he wants he Yeah. Does he really He wants a house on a hill. I mean he, he essentially said that. He just wants to live up on a hill and Yeah. I just, but I, I, again, I don't, with Boyd, you just never know. Is he saying that just, you know, is he raying Ava? That's like, oh, shit, it's the point in time where she's feeling guilty about Ellie Mae, and this is a um, liability for me, so I've got to, and I apologize for my voice. I've been sick it's all going. this week. It's 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 two podcasts in a night. It's going. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. All right. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Uh, is this episode based on a book called The Man in the Hat? Or is there a book called The Man in the Hat? Because that's what that kid who's shooting the gun calls Raylan when he walks up. No. I was like, you know, that sounds like the title of... No, I don't uh, know. And there's been like... Uh, I know there's, there's been Fire in the Hole, and I think mm-hmm. there was one called... No, that's a Garth Brooks song, ro- or album, Rope in the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then there's been Raylan, there's a couple others. Um, anyway. Yeah. Colin Baton Rouge, that was one of them. <laughs> Maybe there is. I'm not a. I've only read the Raylan story. Uh, what do you think about Tim's part in this episode? I'm liking the fact that we're yeah. seeing a little bit more of Sniper Marshall, and I really like the scene that he was in too. I mean that that uh, confrontation in the drug dealer's house, yeah, was really tense, in my opinion. And I always love those scenes where the little fish. Thinks he's you know you know uh, <laughs> fucking with somebody that's yeah. gotten you know no chops at all, and it turns out they're actually a bigger fish. Yeah, it's like the jewels from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, only um, you asked me dead is whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I I thought that was a great scene that played really well, and they did a nice mm-hmm. setup of you know showing the fact. I mean, they built it in the first like episode where they mentioned about this, this guy having post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Yeah. And now they, then they showed him in treatment and then they introduced him and they kind of had the, him and Colt having the nod the last episode. And it's again, 
it's a neat int- it's a neat way that they're telling the story. And you got to wonder how that's going to play out. Tim and Colton knowing each other and, and having, being almost friendly here. Yeah, like but a still friendly adversaries. Oh, sure. Yeah. He knows he's like... He knows he works for Boyd. Right, yeah. He's not a good guy. Boyd's wheelman. But that, certainly that's going to factor in later in the season. They don't set up these relationships just to dismiss them out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, but what about the proposal scene? What What did you think about how uh, it was That's the one problem I had in the se- season... Um, did it feel episode. out of place? It felt a yes, little... Yes, she just talked about how sad she was about Ellie Mae being killed. Mm-hmm. And then they went to this kind of like hillbilly romance thing. Yeah. Which I and... don't... I, I just feel like it, it kind of betrayed Ava's character a little bit. I don't think Ava's the type of girl that would would just be like, Oh my God, a ring and a box full of money and a house on a hill? Fuck Ellie Mae. You don't think she'd fall for that? No, for I'm not... A better term. I'm, I'm just saying she it's like Ellie Mae was gone yeah not even you know, thought in her mind about it hmm. it's like this is why we have to kill whores Ellie Mae so we can have her nice house I <laughs> I mean Ava I don't know yeah. I did it, it felt false to me somehow I yes I agree with you there um it also felt a little cheesy i don't know if it was the music they played at the time or like the glistening lights yeah, in the background yeah. it felt a little cheesy it was to staged me. a little artificially and, and cheap yeah it just didn't it didn't drive with the rest of what i'm used to seeing in this show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh the the style was just a little different right uh but i mean overall i like them as a couple and i think they're kind of right for each other in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see that happen. Uh, and it's about time. They've been together how long? Years. Years, yeah. man. That's just the end of season one, really. Yeah. Uh, but that's about all I had to say about the show. Um, the, the pieces are still being moved into place. There hasn't <clears> been any big reveals well, yet. Well, i got something to talk about. Okay. What about Shelby? Sheriff Shelby yeah. is a badass in this man episode. And he's part of, like, I'm going to start this recurring segment called Line of the Week. Yeah. Um, my my Line of the Week was uh, when Shelby's like said, you think I'm in Boyd's pocket. And Raylan says, I think Leonard Skinner's overrated. I know you're in Boyd's <laughs> pocket. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. There are always so many good lines in here. But uh, it's like, you know, it was Shelby that smoked out the the you know Cherokee boyfriend of Roz. Yep, yep. It was uh Shelby that uh, arrested Boyd and, and made that connection. Oh, what do you think of the Boyd versus Raylan versus Shelby scene? Boyd versus Raylan versus Shelby? Yeah. Which which part specifically? I just like everything. when they're in the office? Like they're all kind of trying to When they're in the office, I thought it was fantastic because Boyd's threatening Shelby to his face. Boyd and... is playing both of these people, how they need to be played. Yeah. He knows both of these guys so well. Yeah. Raylan, he's being kind of buddy-buddy, and he's not trying to intimidate him. But when Shelby opens his mouth, he turns right around and he tells him to shut up. Right. It's just, ah, boy knows how to get under people's skin. That was the runner-up of the line, too, when he asked like, if he knew what happened to uh, Jaws. Hmm. And he's like, well, he's an asshole. That's what assholes do, Raylan. They live until they die from being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was That's great. Um, uh, another thing that I really like about uh, Shelby in this episode, 
is how he is the local guy now. I mean, Raylan has been out of the scene, and when we when we saw him in like season one, when he goes back to Harlan, yeah, he's the guy who knows everybody and knows how to get what he wants in this town. That's true. Shelby's the guy he's, now. He's killed off all those people. <laughs> all <laughs> the Bennets are gone. Yeah, the Bennets and the, the Boyds are like the you know scrape barely scraping by. The other, yeah. the next generation of criminals are he has no nothing about. Yeah, and Shelby's right there in the middle of everything, and he's the guy that Raylan has to work with mm-hmm. at that point. So interesting uh, turnabout there. Shouldn't have run off Loretta. Should have kept her around as there's a local informant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I what, wonder if she's going to come back. Uh, she's too good not to. She's come back a couple times. Every season. Yeah, when you didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Colton's uh, smacking a hoe? Oh, and then, then God. Did he, did he beat that man to death? No, I don't think he beat him to death. Do you think he... Was he ang- Was he taking... Is it, was he, in effect, beating himself? Yeah. Yeah. He's angry that he lost Ellie Mae. Uh, he didn't have any heroin at that point right so he was in withdrawal probably uh yeah he's how hard is it to find a drug dealer in harlan <laughs> you would think it wouldn't be too difficult no he's like acting like know. it's some kind of epic quest i don't think you need perseus <laughs> to, to to do anything special for you you know yeah um let's see what else we got oh, okay what do you think about this uh, plot line or it looks like we're going to go swinging with Boyd and Ava, they're going to go to a swinging party. A s- is that what that was? Yeah, you didn't get that. That's why she went to that judge, who's the furry closet furry. I assumed, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the guys are going to love you." Yeah, I just assumed because she's going to be in a nice dress, and they're going to want to talk to her. I didn't realize it was a swingers. I, I'm pretty event. sure they said it was a swingers party. Uh, I didn't catch that. Wow. And I'm like, are they going to go there? Or did Boyd forestall that? I don't know. No, no they, they still, still need, need to go- get access to these people to investigate yeah. Drew uh, Thompson. Yeah. So, so maybe we have that to look forward to next, next week. Next episode, Swinger Party. All right. Um, the other thing is, who the fuck is the former lawman from Harlan who's oh. in jail for trying to have Raylan killed? So this is a guy way back in season one. I think his name is Hunter. Uh, I don't remember his last name. I looked him up. Uh and I didn't remember the episode that he was in because season one was in. Eh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't either. It, I was yeah. like, wow, what's this? But that, it's a season one callback? It, yeah, it's a reference back to a character. Awesome. Uh, who tried to have him killed. Hmm. Uh, named Hunter something. I don't know. I'll have to do some more research. Yeah. That's it? You got anything else? Uh, I don't. All right. Well, why don't you do the outro? So, uh, first of all, don't forget about our contest, baldmove.com slash contest. It's all about promoting our podcast, our baldmove.com website, uh, various places, and you can find all the contest rules. I apologize it's not open for people outside the U.S. There's other restrictions. Every fucking restriction in the contest was to comply with Facebook's terms uh, and services. So if we wanted to even post a link to this contest run on our own site, Facebook makes you do this, that, and the other. So... Um, like I said, if it's any asshole terms on there, it's all their fault. Um, but please follow us on facebook.com slash bald move. <laughs> um, we are part of the bald move network and we are our network now. We've got the, all of our TV shows that Jim and I and Mad Brew do, as well as the guys, personal arrogance guys out of Seattle. Uh, they talk about their entourages. They play scat, scat, categories, which is one of Jim and I's all time mm-hmm. favorite segments. Uh, they talk about a Batman list justice league. And then uh, 300 or 180 degrees different content. We got the Bacaw Show, 
which is uh, Gerilyn, Amy, and Susan out of L.A. Uh, they give an update about their uh, Sibian Odyssey. They talk about the uh, finalists for delays, uh, chip flavors, and uh, they're up to other stuff. I love uh, – they're one of my favorite shows now. Yeah. I actually listened to it this morning. Yep. Um, you can get all that at baldmove.com. And also don't forget Tom and Kelly with the new Up Yours Downstairs uh, show they're producing for Bald Move. New for us. New for, for us. <laughs> They've been doing it for a while now. Um, and check that out at baldmove.com. You can give us feedback for this show at tv at baldmove.com. Again, facebook.com slash baldmove. Uh, we do live threads for most of the television shows we cover if you want to talk it over with your fans, uh, fellow fans. You can follow Jim at twitter.com at baldmove. We always appreciate your reviews and ratings on iTunes. Uh, thank you for all your reviews and ratings. We got to number four on New and Notable for this TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of taking us a while to get traction on it, but I'm waiting for your voice to just completely it's about give to break out. out like glass, man. I'm shocked you made it this Finally, far. Finally, use your Amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff on Amazon anyway. Go to Amazon.BallMove.com. Anything you make uh, during that transaction, we get a tiny cut from, and it helps keep yep. the podcast free. All right, I'll take it from here. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again with uh, updates on these shows next week. Until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you later.